The show that doesn't grab them by the but does occasionally kick them in the ball. It's the Shaggy Jenkins Show on the Pacifica Radio Network. It's the Shaggy Jenkins Show all the way from the city of Bukalani. Welcome to it. Boy, today do we have a lot to cover, including the trial of the judge of the century. We'll talk a little bit about that with, of course, our West Coast correspondent. We'll touch base about uh, where home base is now for Bill Cosby and a little bit about Trump. Before we get into all of that, welcome to the show. My name is Shaggy Jenkins, critical thinker, problem solver, guy that's literally in the shack out back because I'm so out of the box. And you can find me at multiple places. You can subscribe to us on iTunes or, of course, sub- uh, subscribe to us on Patreon. You can find out all the information about that on our website coming soon, shaggyjenkins.com. Or, eh, why not? Wherever fine social media is served, you can follow me at Shaggy Live. This guy you can follow all over the map because he is a writer, he is a director, and now he's going through the rigorous process of putting together his next movie. Please welcome from Movie House, Ron Perti. Oh, are we on? Sorry, I was just... uh... Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. I was I was just sitting here I was sitting here thinking about how Trump was right about something. Oh, oh no. Yeah, he was right about something. The rest of the world really is laughing at us. Yeah, let's get into that. Okay, because <clears throat> here's the thing. In a whirlwind speech in front of the UN, Donald Trump basically forgot where he was and started talking like it was a political rally, didn't he? He 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 must have not realized that there were no MAGA hats and there was no plaid shirt kid and there was no, uh, you know, it wasn't an entirely white audience. Mm, No. And the thing was, is that when he started mentioning about all the accomplishments of his administration in two years, he, he did what Donald Trump is famous for. He went into a little bit of an exaggeration and said, oh, God, we have done more in these two years than any other administration throughout the history of the United States. And the world laughed. Yeah. I mean, did he forget that FDR existed? Right. There was the uh, greatest generation. Yeah. The New Deal. Uh, Anybody? Uh, How about? Oh, I don't know. This little guy named Lincoln, or perhaps George Washington, the founder of our country and our democracy. No, 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 no. They didn't do anything good. They, all, all they, you know, all they did was help form the country and kind of steer it in the right direction. No, no. But Donald, Donald, he's really, literally proven that the entire world is laughing at us. But it's not because of them. No, no, sir. It is because of you. Yeah. Now, see, here's the thing that kind of got me is because time and time again, Donald Trump has consistently said the world is laughing at us. And he did this a lot during the last of uh, Barack Obama's administration while he was still a candidate. The world is laughing at us. They're laughing at our laws. They're laughing at us. No, it turns out that his U.N. address, they're actually laughing at our president. Yeah, and it was just at first when I, I was like, "There's no way that this really happened," and I started watch, tried to watching the clip of it on you on uh, Facebook, and uh, for whatever reason the audio didn't work, and I had errands to run, so I went around my errands, I came back, and I found it, and the look on his face was kind of of utter shock, yeah, because he's like, "Okay, not the not the the uh, not what I was expecting, but uh, that's okay." He's almost like a stand-up comedian whose joke didn't work So while he's trying new material. 
Well, that's just it, because in his statement after the fact, he basically came up and said, oh, that was all kind of the big plan is to get this rise out of the world leaders. But I I don't see the sense in making somebody laugh about what your administration has accomplished. Do you? Uh, No, you, you shouldn't have to lie. And no, and, and, you know, that's the thing is I question whether or not he thinks it's a lie. I wonder if deep down he thinks that it's the truth, that he's that delusional. I mean, if you sat him down at a polygraph and you said to him, Lil Donnie, do you be- really believe that the, your presidency is the greatest ever? And he's, yes. And I guarantee you that the thing doesn't move because he truly believes that, which right then, because he's so narcissistic, just like Alex Jones, he probably need to get him tested for a narcissistic, uh, I forget what it's called, but it's what Alex Jones has. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Narcissistic uh, syndrome or complex. Narcissistic complex. Yes, I guarantee you that Trump has it too, because the key to that whole thing is that they pull the wool over people's eyes. You know, and they make people believe things that aren't real. <gasps> Go figure. Yeah, because, look, here's the deal. Um, <clears throat> Ron, Donald Trump, when he got up there, he was basically trying to convince the world that America first was a good policy. But I, I want to kind of throw out a little diplomacy on you, because this is the thing that got scary to me. Donald Trump, time and time again, got up there and reiterated how America's policy were strengthening its sovereignty. And to that end, the world knows that we've done things like there's still about 187 kids not accounted for. There's, uh, in that whole border separation thing, there's a lot of racist-type policies in our immigration. There's the whole border wall debacle and other kind of nationalistic, populist kinds of, um, I guess you could say, uh, vibes around this administration. So when he talks about things like, hey, the American people are strengthening their sovereignty, Ron, I'm going to ask you an interesting question. Is he secretly giving permission to other people to do despicable things within their own country borders under the name of sovereignty? Yeah, I mean, he's kind of setting the president that it's okay for everybody to do exactly what he's doing because he's getting away with it. Plain and simple, really. Yeah, and and the thing is, is that when we talk about the things he's getting away with, these aren't, like, good things. We're not talking about, like, Taco Tuesday. It's not what he's getting away with. He's He's basically saying, look, if I want to oppress people along racial lines, that's all a part of my sovereignty. And America is a place that respects sovereignty. It's kind of like giving a pass to your African warlords, your Middle Eastern despots, you know, your true dictators to say, you know what? America's going to back me if I do bad things because they support doing whatever I want under the name of sovereignty. Yeah, and eventually at some point it's just going to turn into fascism. Playing, you know, I mean... Uh, I said it before, I'll say it again. At some point, Trump's going to trade in the the long ties for a Hugo Boss suit made of brown corduroy. Mm, Yeah, yeah. And the bad thing is, is that we all know the SS were not the brains of the Third Reich. I'm sorry, the SA. It was the SS that came in. 
Um, the thing is, though, is like Nazi history aside, the rest of the world is looking at this current chapter of American history kind of through the same lens. And when this guy gets up on stage and kind of proclaims these very populist beliefs, they laugh because they're like, oh, God, do you know what we have done as a world to the rest of people that have talked like you? Well, see, yeah, but that's the thing is we also have to realize that he has some weird Svengali-like control over people who uh, are, are – do I dare – who are less informed there. I'm being polite. I'll say a less informed, okay? You've got the people with their pickup trucks and their guns and their flags and their, uh, their Confederate flags. And these are Trump supporters. I just basically laid it all out for you. That's a Trump supporter. Uh, you're not going to see one of them people going to the, the poll going like, I'm going to vote for Hillary Clinton because I think that she's got some good ideas for the future of this country. No, they're going to say something misogynistic and uh, demeaning toward about her. And Trump's making America great again. Well, he, he, he leads by feeding the ignorant – Oh, a bill of goods, mm -hmm. and they just follow along blindly because it's what they want to hear, not what they need to hear. Well, that's just it. Trump has kind of always lived in this information sphere around him pre his presidency that was very reinforcing. Oh, you're doing great, Don. It's good things, Don. We're on the rise, Don. And now that he's in the world of politics, it, it seems like. He wants the narrative to always remain positive around himself and his actions. And his supporters, they seem like like-minded in the fact that they, too, just want to hear the good things and don't want to face the, the sometimes ugly consequences of their actions. Yeah, they don't want to hear the fact that sometimes taxes might have to get raised or that your tax money may be going to something that you don't support. Um, it's not – the world doesn't revolve around you. I mean remember all this – this 12, was it $12 billion bailout for the farmers? Mm -hmm. How many of those farmers saw a dime? Well, that's just it. It was a bailout for the agriculture sector, but agriculture can be anything. Yeah, I mean I, I would love to hear that. You know, And that's another thing that bothers me is uh, he said – Everyone's going to have health insurance. Everyone's going to be covered. It's going to be great. Yeah. And then I'm, and then I'm going to eat two cheeseburgers, have a Diet Coke. Yeah, because I'll John have health care. Go to bed. Yeah, because he, oh, he has health care. Well, of course. Why? Yeah. Why isn't? Why doesn't he do something? You know, if he's if he was so brazen and he wanted to get get the popular vote, which he so did not. Why didn't he say something to the effect of, "I won't take any health, government run health care for myself, a Melania." Or whatever the young kids call that I still have to cover. A Baron Von Zucker, I believe. Yeah, until everyone's covered. And he, if he had said something like that, you would have people go, oh. But then you realize that he's just uh, f literally full of hot air. Yeah. Now, when it comes to uh, this hot air that he was blowing in front of the UN, Ron, what uh -huh. do you think world leaders were actually thinking? I think that they were – well, I – Normally, I would think that they were laughing on the inside, but they vocalized their internal dissent, and they let us all know that they thought he was a damn fool. 
You know, the funny thing is, speaking of vocal descent, did you see the words mouthed out of the German delegation? Um, I did not. Well, it's the German word for fecal matter. When the president went to address uh, that Germany would be so super reliant on Russia that they would be powerless, powerless in the European uh, economy uh, and as a nation. And the German delegation very openly mouthed, yeah, uh, that German word. Oh, I know the German word. I'm uh, I'm I'm fully aware of what that word is. I have a friend who's a German teacher in high school. Mm. You know, and so he knows a lot about German. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Germ- Germany, not just the word, you know. And last time I talked to him, far as I knew, 50% of Germany was uh, re- re- reusable energy or something like that. Yeah, well, they are very high up there. And remember, because of their commitment to the Paris Accord, they're, well, set on a path that for years will lead to more and more self reliance on energy, including a lot of renewable resources. So it, it, it seems kind of funny that Donald Trump basically tried to, to, to I, I want to say, trot out his campaign trail Donald Trump, his I'm running rallies Donald Trump, versus his I need to be a diplomat Donald Trump. That's the thing is he doesn't know how to be a diplomat. He just knows how to be a failed businessman. You know, and he's so quick to say, well, we need to get the coal workers back to work. Well, okay, but here's what here's my question. Okay. Not just about coal, but when it comes to oil. When we're done sucking uh the bones of Dino and Barney and Fred out of the ground, we're not gonna have anything left. Then what are we gonna do? Everybody who laughed at people who are driving hybrids or driving electric cars are going to be like, oh, I should have gotten into that sooner. I should have been on top of this kind of thing. And it's going to be too late. Well, yeah, because, I mean, think about all the infrastructure investments that China, Asia, and Europe is making into solar and to wind and how the United States under Donald Trump is going back to more of a reliance on fossil fuels and traditional coal-burning uh, coal power plants that are on the world stage losing out. Well, and that's the thing is these people who are, are complaining about how they don't have a job as a coal miner. First off, why would you want to subject yourself to such a job? You know, your, your, your lifespan is, is drastically cut down because of everything you're inhaling into your lungs. I can only imagine how many coal miners end up getting cancer. You know, and it, why don't you sit down for a second? You're not stupid, all right? Sit down for a second. Why don't you learn about this renewable energy or this, you know, or this, this, this alternative energy and get into that? Well, the thing is, too, is like when you're in front of the U.N., and these leaders know that you've already kind of rejected the Paris Accords. You've given carte blanche to Vladimir Putin to do whatever he wants with policies of dis- disinformation and even electoral hacking. You've basically given him that on the world stage. And now here you are in your home base, you know, New York, basically saying, hey, look how great I'm making America. And Everything that I've done doesn't matter because I'm going to tell you a new version of events. And that kind of seems a disconnect between Trump at rallies versus what Trump needs to be, doesn't it? 
Yeah, and not only that, but I mean, let's be real honest here. I'm, I don't know much about the UN, but whose bright idea was it to have it be in New York City? Or how vain are we as a country that we have to have the the UN has to be here? Well, obviously, it wasn't him, but I can just imagine him saying, "I'm glad the UN's here because I don't want to get on a plane and fly to Yermakistan and have to speak in front of these jibbity jabber speakers." Uh, to tell everybody how great America is. Well, to see, that's just it. The United Nations was something that way back in the day, the United States believed so heartily in that we donated the land that they their whole headquarters is in. And we did that with the understanding that a global communication system with other nations would lead us more towards peaceful resolution versus the terrible wars of the early and mid 20th century the united states uh, the united states thought it was very very heavily uh, needing to invest in an idea that could possibly bring people to the table versus soldiers to a battlefield so without an understanding of like what the UN does, it doesn't seem that far off that Donald Trump kind of flubbed, huh? Uh, huge. Now, now you, you mentioned that the, the U.S. donated the land that the UN's on. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mean the land that we stole from the Native Americans? Okay, look, I didn't say that there wasn't some weirdness involved. I mean, and how, and how, how do we know underneath the UN – isn't a bunch of uh, Native American graves and they just moved the headstones and left the bodies? Well, okay, Ron, you're digging a really grim trench here. But all of that aside, the thing is, is that the United Nations is kind of the way that the United States hoped, at least by investing in it, that their prestige within the world would be secured for generations. Did Donald Trump help secure that prestige or diminish? Oh, diminish it. I was waiting for Zelda Rubenstein to show up and say, this building is clean. Whoa. That is a good reference, by the way. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, you did kind of expect somebody to stand up. And, and this is the thing. Not too long ago, during a, a speech by uh, then-President Barack Obama in front of the joint senate and house somebody stood up and i can't remember the individual's name but yelled out you lied it's kind of funny to me ron that nobody at the un despite all the cackling and laughing and stuff that nobody kind of stood up and said donald trump you lie because they don't take him seriously you know they uh, people who opposed barack obama realized that he was intelligent enough to be a threat People don't look at Donald Trump as a threat. They, they see his, his Twitter is full of empty promises and enough hot air to fly over the Atlantic twice. Um, I mean, if they had this kind of his hot air, the Hindenburg might not have crashed. Mm. Um, you know, it's just it's really they don't take him seriously. And if you don't take somebody seriously, you just kind of like, <laughs> look at that guy, whatever. But in the case of, of Obama, now, if we could all just pause for a moment and remember what it was like when we could all sleep at night and what it was like to have a well, well-spoken, thoughtful individual sitting in the Oval Office. Okay, anyway, so uh, it's, uh, they don't, that's the whole thing. They don't take him seriously. And when you don't take somebody seriously, you don't 
get as riled up. You just kind of laugh and fluff them off. Like if my if my brother says to me, "I'm gonna beat the holy heck out of you," I just go <laughs> and I fluff it off, and then he comes back with a baseball bat. But that's a whole nother show. Yeah, it really is, because in this case, the baseball bat seems to be wielded by the world's view of the truth and the the true actions of Donald Trump. Now, this is the thing. Ron, what do you think he was trying to accomplish going in front of them and, and kind of showing off this American muscle that he supposedly flexes these days? If this was the uncensored show, I would blurt out what I think it was. But now I have to think of how to word this and not get in trouble with the FCC. Yeah. It was it was a measuring contest. Oh, an international yardstick as it were. Yeah, he was basically uh you know just kind of um laying it out there and saying, you know, mine's bigger. By the way, I just thought of something. If it was something that had to do with an international kind of a unit, wouldn't it be a meter stick versus a yard stick because of the metric system? Yeah, and I and if I remember correctly, isn't toad a lot smaller in the metric system? Yeah, yeah. And wouldn't we have to do this whole contest in centimeters? Okay, yeah. Um, moving on, though, it does seem that he was kind of trying to have a uh, silver bag gorilla pounding the chest moment. But this is the thing. Before, when he did this kind of strong rhetoric against uh, Kim Jong-un, it got North Korea, weirdly enough, at least to a negotiating point with the United States. However, in his speech in front of the UN, he praised... Kim Jong-un, and then started to insult the leader of Iran. Did Donald Trump think that he was going to have a repeat? I guess. I mean, this man has is obviously drawing this, the oxygen out of my brain, but um, he... Oh my god. I just... He's got some kind of mental issue. They need to have uh, some kind of test to see if the 25th Amendment needs to be invoked. Seriously. Yeah. The thing is, though, is when it comes to the 25th Amendment, the last guy that brought that up could possibly be losing his job Thursday. Yeah, we'll see about old, uh, uh, what, what's his name, Rod, Rod Rosenstein. Yeah. Uh, what, a, what a name for an assistant attorney general. Yeah, well, the thing is, too, is that... Huh, Unbeknownst to Donald Trump, the international community does indeed follow the news here. And with this kind of a story breaking ahead of his speech in front of the U.N., I'd like to think that, and Ron, I'm going to pitch this to you, some world leaders were laughing because they see the writing on the wall. They realize, okay, this is, uh, uh, this is Nero playing the fiddle while Rome is burning. Yeah, it does kind of seem that way, especially with the German delegation. Yeah, they uh, they do not care anymore. And as far as I'm concerned, whenever somebody says the leader of the free world, I think of uh, uh, Angela Merkel. I don't think of Donald Trump. <laughs> I think I brought this up on the show. When the rest of the world thinks about Germany perhaps taking a leading role in Europe again, they're a little wary. Just a little bit. I mean, it's. Uh, I, I remember, I, I think I brought this up too, but if you if anybody out there is a gamer, 
um, and you you uh, have played the Wolfenstein series, the new ones, um, you know what I'm talking about. But in Germany, uh, you have to you're part of the resistance in this game. You know, Germany has won the war. The Nazis took over. So you have to, you're part of the resistance. So you see swastikas everywhere, like everywhere. Everything has a swastika on it. So imagine playing that game in Germany where the swastika is banned. Yikes. You know, and the thing is, is they banned it for a very good reason, uh, because that is called insightful speech, stuff that actually makes people take on kind of actions. And Donald Trump's speech in front of the U.N. did seem to be a little insightful, not, you know, insight. I think that he he's going up in front of the U.N. and doing this because he can't go into a movie theater, run in the back where uh, whatever the number one movie of the co- in the country is right now. I don't know. I haven't been keeping track. But he runs in. Okay, let's just say it's Last Jedi when it's in there. It's full full run, okay? Okay. Opening night. He, run, he runs in the back and he goes, fire. There's a fire. Everybody run. That's basically what he's doing. <laughs> and in front of the world stage, a lot of people kind of get that this is a prankster at play. But, Ron, how many countries you write, you think right now are hedging their bets that Donald Trump is in numbered days? Oh, I, w- I would uh, at least 75 to 85%, and the rest just don't care. Well, okay. I mean, I could bring up right now how Donald Trump's international favorability is down in a lot of countries. Ironically, it's way up in Russia. Go figure. I wonder why. Uh, Yeah, but uh, okay. Final thoughts on this, Ron. If you had a a moment to pull Donald Trump aside, because this is the thing. Rumor has it that he was only getting about two minutes of briefings between addressing each world leader. And we all know that that's, that's not enough time. So if you were one of those people that had two minutes in Donald Trump's ear at the UN, what would you have told him to do differently? Oh, boy. Uh, I would pull his aide aside. I would whisper into his presidential aide's ear uh, five, no, is it four or five words? I forget. Um, whatever. It's uh, I would whisper into their ear. Four words. He look, four words. Doesn't he look tired? Yeah. Doesn't he look tired? <laughs> well, look, before we get tired of this, Ron, um, we're going to take a uh, quick break. But when we get back, we've got to talk about the trial that has everybody talking, from celebrities to news analysts to, well, even a couple of yokels on a radio show like this. It's Bill Cosby and the decision that could change everything. That's up next, The Shaggy Jenkins Show. War is hell. We've learned that over and over from the hundreds of thousands of deaths, uncountable maimings, torturings, wastings, and other horrors our soldiers have experienced in the multitude of wars in this century alone. America is now militarily involved in 76 countries, yet the war machine, including a massive army of profiteering corporate contractors and the politicians they buy, keeps demanding more. More troops, more money, more profits, more war. Finally, 
We the people, the 90 plus percent of us who are not really aware of, much less engaged in this hell, need to awaken to another stark reality. War is stupid. The place to start admitting it and to begin ending the stupidity is 8,000 miles away from us. Quote, it is time for this war in Afghanistan to end. That's not me talking. It's General John Nicholson, who has served four tours in that war and recently completed 31 months as the commander of our forces there. After 17 years, the longest war in U.S. history, after 2,202 Americans killed there, after trillions of dollars frittered away, after multiple policy shifts that falsely promised victory, it's widely conceded by our own military that we can't win. In fact, the war is such a low priority that Trump, the commander-in-chief, has never even bothered to meet with General Nicholson. Yet we have 14,000 troops stuck there, are pouring more blood and treasure into the lost cause every day, continue to prop up the inept and wholly corrupt Afghan government, and are destroying our nation's credibility as a global force for peace and democratic values. Why? Another former commander of U.S. forces answered with depressing candor. We continue to fight simply because we're there. This is Jim Hightower saying, Did I mention that war is stupid? If we're only there because we're there, it's way past time to leave. Hightower's commentaries are brought to you by the Hightower Lowdown, the monthly newsletter with Hightower's take on what Wall Street and Washington are up to. For information, visit HightowerLowdown.org. Dig deeper. Remove the hype. Find the facts. It's the Shaggy Jenkins Show on the Pacifica Radio Network. It's the Shaggy Jenkins Show all the way from the lovely city of Bugalani. If you are just checking out the show for the first time, why not check us out online? Uh, you can go to my website at shaggyjenkins.com or wherever fine social media is served. Just look for at Shaggy Live. Joining me from his Midwest comfy couch, uh, all the way from Racine, Wisconsin, Midwest correspondent and, well, writer, director, and, well, host of Movie House, it's Ron Perti. Oh, I'm so tired. I'm so tired. Of that introduction? Was, uh, no, no, just I was, I've was. i been busy breaking Bill Cosby records all day. Ooh, yeah. Look. Bill Cosby was uh, not too long ago found guilty of committing sexual assault. And then the bombshell decision that came from the judge. And, and Ron, what do you feel now that one of the biggest kind of dad figures in American uh, entertainment history has been outed as what's called a violent sexual offender? I feel it's our right to purge. Oh, wait, that's something else. Um, he not only was he is he is and not only is he is he like, you know, this um, this I he was supposed to be this icon. You know, and he had people people looked up to him so much uh, comedians all around the world looked up to him. But here's the here's the big thing. The bad thing is that you've got a lot of African-American comedians uh our age and older who looked up to him as this look what he did he broke the glass ceiling he sold all these records he sold out all this time he could go up there and do three hours and not even break a sweat and it'd be you know and this that and everything and now you've got all these people who looked up to him they're like well what what do we do you know and they always talk about how uh african-american males don't have enough role models 
I mean, this is just another another uh, nail in the coffin. Uh, Ron, I hate to say this, but one of the most vocal uh, advocates of the whole thought that black males don't have a role model was Bill Cosby. Which is weird. It's it's I don't want to. And I mean, I'm not trying to defend him, but I'm I also don't think calling him. a, a, a Oh, boy. I don't want to call him a hypocrite, but he's a hypocrite. I don't want to, but I don't want to, it's, it's so, it's so like, it's so messed up because I remember there was a time when, um, uh, Eddie Murphy was doing, I think raw had come out Mm -hmm. and he went to Bill Cosby and he was talking to him and Bill was like, you know, I saw your special boy and I think you need to cut down on the curse. (laughs) So Eddie went to Richard prior and Richard was like, what do you say? And I can't repeat here what he said, but basically Richard told him to go, told Eddie to go back to Bill and tell him to just stop talking because he doesn't know what he's talking about. Uh, If you listen to the uncensored show, I'll I'll probably say what what Richard really said. (laughs) Yeah, and I should probably mention that we do have an uncensored show, and if you want to find it, uh, you've got to follow me at Shaggy Live on social media, or well, just jump over to Patreon and well, subscribe. There. Now, Ron, look, here's yes. the thing that we do have to say. Bill Cosby was a fan of being a very well-measured role model in front of the cameras, but the trial that he underwent painted a very different picture of him, didn't it? Well, he's a he's a he's a monster. He he really is. He's a he's a vile human being. And there's a uh we've mentioned that I've mentioned them before. Um, the show, uh, uh, behind the bastards Mm -hmm. and they did a a two-parter on Cosby and he, his, his wife, Camilla, is that her name or Camille, whatever? Yeah, Camilla. Uh, yeah. She uh, had mentioned that he's like almost like a Jekyll and Hyde as far back as like I spy. Wow. But yeah. So. The thing is, too, is like in 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 the court during the the whole hey we're going to go into the sentencing phase now. The, I guess you could say survivor or witness testimony from uh, from the woman that he assaulted was basically you've taken everything away from me. You are a monster. You have ruined everything, not just for me. And and Ron, when these words were being repeated. The judge looked at Cosby and said, do you hear those words, Mr. Cosby? And then looked back at the the, uh, the the plaintiff and, of course, the lady reading the testimony and said, I heard your words. Uh, it's, hmm. Did you hear how the uh, his attorney was re- read a prepared statement for him? The the attorney the are you talking about the comparing Cosby to uh, Jesus statement? Uh, that and the fact that he was reading it off of a smartphone, like he had just wrote it before, you know. And 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 let's look at the amount of time he's getting between three and ten years. That's such an odd thing, isn't it? Usually uh, one to three or five to seven. Or eight to ten. Well, the judge three to did ten. Say, are they are they saying because are they waiting to see whether or not he survives the first three years? I think so. And also, you know, <clears throat> this is the thing. I think the judge kind of knew that. Look, given the severity of this, that ten had to be listed 
as the upper number because, in, in the words of of, of the um, <clears throat> well women that he's assaulted, he is. Oh, and your words too, a monster. Yeah, he he is, and and the thing that's really horrible about this is all these other women. Uh, you know, you've got the one woman who's come, who who he was found guilty of of doing it too, mm-hmm. which makes every other woman's claim that much more uh, gives it that much more gravitas. Yeah, you know, it, it and makes he makes it a lot more valid. Oh, totally, and that's the whole thing is that you know now he's lost everything in in a sense of uh uh that's the thing is i would have just the minute hannibal burris's stand-up happened the minute i would have bought an island and i would have moved there you would have roman polanski i would have polanski like nobody's business now that's just me and don't expect me to be to, to move to switzerland after i make chinatown but that's yeah. neither here nor there the thing is, though, is that, Ron, you're still saying that, look, Cosby should have seen the writing on the wall. But it did seem that everybody, except, I should say, everybody, like Bill Cosby in his defense, were not prepared. But his family was strangely prepared because, did you notice, today, when Cosby went to court, there was no wife, there was no kids, there was no co-stars, no former celeb friends. It was him, his publicist, and his attorney. And that is where Bill Cosby found himself standing alone. Which is where he belongs. Uh, because this guy is... I mean, the, the, the only good thing to come out of the Cosby show in the last, say... Um, I'd say six months mm-hmm. uh, is the whole Jeffrey Owens thing. You know, he's gotten, uh, he's gotten uh, a, a lot of positive press as the guy from the Cosby show. He's the only good thing coming out of this dark, dark, horrible, horrible thing. It does seem that the, the longer that history goes on, the more that the tale of Bill Cosby and all the properties that he was attached to, it's going to kind of take a, a darker turn because let's not forget that two of the women that came forward and said Bill Cosby sexually assaulted them were guest stars during his run of NBC's The Cosby Show. I didn't know. I didn't know that part. I knew, uh, there, if, if again, that podcast I listened to mentioned that there was a woman who worked at the publicity firm. I think it's, it was during I Spy. Uh, she, she was invited to his house. He thought it was like this big party, but it was only the two of them. And then, uh, she woke up the next morning at his house because apparently Camilla wasn't there. So it's like, Oh, this is going back as far as the sixties. This guy, it does not let up. He figures I got a good, pl- I got a good thing going. I'm just going to keep the roofies flowing and, uh, we'll go from there. Hey, 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 huh? You know, the thing is I used to love watching fat Albert. I did. I won't lie, but this just sullies everything. Uh, this is why you can't. I think it's stupid to have heroes now because you end up realizing that the people that you look up to are only going to let you down. And I think if you need if you need to look at somebody, look at your parents. I mean, to a certain extent, because sometimes you know parents can be a little wah 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 wah, but. 
sometimes I think you just need to look inside yourself, be your own hero. Uh, look up to your, you know, boost yourself up. Don't look for somebody else to do it because it's not going to work. I hate to tell, tell you this, but I think that was one of the morals of Fat Albert. Juvenile diabetes. Yeah. Well, okay, Ron, <laughs> look, here's the thing about this whole Bill Cosby thing that has a lot of the victims happy and a lot of the legal speculators wondering, what does happen next? Because now... We've set the precedents. We have the one case and the one sentencing. How likely are others uh, to come forward and try to press more charges? But is the statute of limitations around, or are we talking more of a civil type of thing? We're talking more of a civil type thing because it does seem like you can now use the criminal case as precedents for the civil case. And if, if the O.J. Simpson trial is any kind of indication the man got off— but Ron Goldman's family made out like a bandit in the civil trial. This is him getting convicted. Can you imagine all these women who are accusing him going out? He's not going to have any money left, and he's going to be showing up to to court in 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 a jumpsuit. Yeah, and the thing is, too, is he's showing up now without any support structure. At the beginning of his trial, his wife was holding his hands. Uh, everybody remem- remembers when it was um, Keisha Knight Pullman who, who walked him into court one day during his trial and said, no matter what, he is my friend. But Ron, at the end of the day, everybody has abandoned Cosby. And now comes the, the, the big question. Now that Cosby has gone down, who... Not what. Who's next? I think we have to look for the people who make the most money. I really do. And, uh, I mean, uh, Louis coming out of his, his exile as early as he did, that was not smart. You that, was not, that was not smart. Well, it's not only not smart, but at the same time, I mean, he's never really came forward and said, look, you know, I am still reflecting on the terrible things I did, and I'm going to go through and make some sort of reparation for that. He's not done any of that. He's just said, oh, well, time's out. is over. Yeah, no, he put out a, a, a what you call it, after it happened and uh, re, re, you know expressed a little bit of remorse. Not much, a little bit. And then all of a sudden, you know, we wait, what is it, six to nine months, you know, the length of a, the length of a healthy pregnancy. And I'll, I'll look, yeah, all of a sudden, it's like, he, what is this, his rebirth? Is he a phoenix? Yeah, and that's just it, because Bill Cosby is at an age where there will never be a time that he's going to be able to come out and repair what he's done, especially given the amount of things that he's done. Yeah, that's the thing, is all these people, there's so many, I mean, uh, here's the weird part, though, is you've got... Louis C.K. coming back. Harvey Weinstein is basically done for. Kevin Spacey uh, ain't heard hide nor hair of him for a long time, and I hope we don't. Um, but there's somebody I've noticed, and I don't know if you saw this as well. There are some Democrats who are calling for a return of Al Franken. Now, this is just it. Al Franken if you think back at the beginnings of the, the, the whole Me Too movement, what he was outed for was a picture of him groping a sleeping, uh, what's it, a reporter or a co-comedian? I can't remember. I'm not exactly sure. what. But, 
Yeah. The, the thing is, though, is that Al Franken did what he thought would be the honorable thing and says, okay, look, that happened years ago, but that is not good. So I am out of here. I think I've lost my validity as a representative. And now people are wanting to call him back. That, Ron, that's not good for the Democrats who are basically saying the Republicans are the amoral party, isn't it? If you let's okay, everybody who has been accused of something like this, whether they've been convicted or not, you have to hold them all to the same standard unless they've been exonerated completely. You know what I mean? Unless it's it's proven that they haven't done anything and that that, this, that it was all just allegations, somebody trying to bring somebody down. Unless you can prove that, everybody has to be level standard. You can't we go, oh, well, we're okay with that one, but not with that one. You know, because it's, it's like Louis, Louis pulled out his wang dang doodle and did his business in front of people. Mm-hmm. But he never, but he never touched them. Okay, Al Franken is on on camera, you know, trying to tune in Tokyo, and it's like those are two opposite things. And one person's going to say it's okay for Al Franken to do what he did, but not okay for Louis to do what he did. So I think you have to hold everybody to the same standard. You can't pick and choose who you want uh, to, to ostracize. No, it does seem like you would be setting up a very dangerous kind of sliding scale of acceptance of bad behavior. Oh, yeah, definitely. If you Then you're like, okay, then you'll have people come out of the woodwork saying, well, I did was kind of just uh, touch her on the fanny a little bit. I didn't I didn't uh, do anything. Yeah, and see that's the thing too because jumping over to the whole Supreme Court nominee Kavanaugh, that seems to be people's defense of his actions is, well, he was innocent and he didn't know what he was doing and he just did some groping, but it's not groping that he did, it was sexual assault and it doesn't matter what age you are, does it? No, it doesn't. And I hope that he submits this calendar of his. Did you hear about this? Oh god, yes, the calendar. The the calendar. I have a calendar that shows that I never went to a party in 1982. It's like what? So what? You're gonna sit, so what are you trying to, to tell people that you're or you're uh, uninvitable to parties because you're a horrible person? That doesn't make things look that much better. And I put stuff in my calendar that I say I'm gonna do and I never do, or I get invited to stuff, you know, last minute, you know, that I don't write in my calendar. Mm-hmm. The thing is, though, too, is like you got to think who keeps trophies from their past all the way back to 1982? Psychopaths and people who think that they might end up needing might need some kind of alibi. Uh, uh, almost 40 years later. Well, the thing is, too, is that his latest alibi is that I, Brett Kavanaugh, was a virgin throughout high school and college. Ron, what do we make of this? <laughs> okay okay i may have okay all through high school i may have been a virgin and i just said it too i don't care but at least i tried brett kavanaugh seems like the kind of person who's like i'm saving myself for marriage no high school and college is the time when you go out there and you play mario kart i mean we that's what we can call it now because of trump having uh, uh, a toad in his pants uh, you know, I mean, so you go out there and you at least try or you play Mario Kart with yourself. 
You know, th- this guy, this guy is the, the the epitome of what my mother's generation would have called a square. Yeah, but look, here's the, the, the point that I had to make on yesterday's program, and I want to ask you if this is a true assessment. Ron, you don't have to have sex with someone to commit sexual assault, do you? No, not at all. Not at all. And, and that's the thing. Let's look at the uh, uh, the people who end up getting put on the sex offenders list. If you get caught urinating in public, automatic uh, addition to the sex offenders list. Mm-hmm. If you are a teenage boy of the age of 17 and you have a 14-year-old girlfriend, you can get put on the sexual offenders list. And that also means that your your mama didn't teach you right, and uh, you you must be really ugly because you can only get girls who haven't realized that you're fugly yet. You know, here's the thing. <clears throat> I try to run a very non-judgmental show, but there's twice during the show I've thought to run disclaimers. Maybe I should run them both now. We are in no way advocating a lot of loose sexual expression in high school, nor are we saying that if you're not getting any sort of sexual exploration at young ages, that you are indeed terribly, terribly misformed facially. Um, I, I Wrap got, it up, kids. Wrap yeah. it up. <laughs> I got to put those disclaimers on there before some parent comes <laughs> comes in uh, our email box like, hey, you guys just basically told people it was okay to be ugly and have a lot of, you know, okay, but Ron, Kavanaugh. Buy socks, kids. The ugly kids need to buy a, a bulk of socks. But when Kavanaugh was trying to play this virginal defense, what do you think that he was really trying to pull here, Ron? Because if we both accept that you don't have to have sex to commit sexual assault, what do you think he was trying to say? He was trying to say that he's as innocent and pure as the driven snow and that there is no way he could have done something like this when we all know that that is a a load of buffalo chips. Well, the thing that kind of gets me, too, is it seems like a little backhanded character assassination against Christine Blasey Ford and, of course, Deborah Ramirez and another uh, accuser that is said to be waiting in the wings to talk uh, herself about what Kavanaugh has done in his past. Is that the one that's uh, represented by Michael Avenetti? Yes. Yeah, I that you know what? That's the man who's going to bring Trump down. You've said that multiple times on this show, by the way. And it's going to happen. And you know what? When it happens, it's not going to be Mueller. It's going to be this guy. And there's a woman I follow on Twitter. And I'm going to give her a shout-out, Tara Dublin. Mm-hmm. She uh, She's very, very anti-Trump. Uh, she is – I don't know if she's got a thing for Michael Avenetti, but um, – I, I, t- I tend to catch things that she talks about him like this is the man that's going to bring Trump down because he's like this big, handsome, bald man. And he's not like some 70 year old white haired uh, uh, special investigator, you know, because people are going to they're going to look to the youth. They're going to look to the to the, the sexy. Let's just be honest here. This whole episode's about how if you're ugly, you get no play. So so Avenetti being a very sexy type of guy, he's going to be the one that through sheer virtue of his sexiness brings down Donald Trump. Exactly, exactly. And this is this is quality political commentary here kids and kids. You got to listen to Uncle Ron when he tells you if you're sexy you can bring down the weirdos. Trump is a weirdo. The guy's got the guy it's like he shaved off a piece of Chewbacca and put it on his head. 
And that's what it looks like. I mean, come on. Okay, okay. But all hair comments aside, Ron, uh, here's the thing that I want to ask you about this. Um, Donald Trump and Avenetti, they, they have a big kind of rivalry with each other. Do you think this is personal to Avenetti or is this more about process? Um, I think it might be personal on a certain level uh, because I, even, even Mueller's not going after him like this. Yeah, and and when it comes to Mueller's investigation, the latest kind of rumblings are is that, yeah, the cooperations are going really well. Uh, I still have to listen to my copy of Fear. I have the audio book. Thank you, Amazon Prime. And uh, Amazon Prime is in no way to sponsor the Shaggy Jenkins show. Um, And I, I know there's that last part. If you find the clip on... YouTube of Colbert interviewing Bob Woodward talking about how uh, Trump was interviewed by his lawyer saying this is how it's going to go with Mueller. So I'm going to be Mueller and you just be you and I'll ask the questions that Bob Mueller will probably ask ask you. So he starts asking him the questions and Trump loses his mind. Oh man, I remember this. He called him a dumbbell. Yes. I, You're a dumbbell. I don't know why I'm even talking to you. I should be eating cheeseburgers. Call up my call up my son-in-law. Have him come in here. Call up call up Justin. Okay, no, no, no. I mean the attorney called Donald Trump the dumbbell. I know, but still, I'm sure, pretty sure that that's something Trump said behind closed doors. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, but no, I, I that's that. He, how bad is it when your attorney says? You can't be interviewed. You can't be interviewed for this investigation, even though it, you may think you know. Even if your client thinks they're, you know, they should be exonerated because they didn't do anything wrong. How bad are you that your attorney won't let you talk to the investigator? Bad enough, I would think, to force feed a vote on a guy to the Supreme Court that said he would be lenient on Donald Trump's transgressions. <laughs> well, yeah, but you know, presidents are above the law. Oh God, I know. But the thing is, like, is, like Steven Seagal, the the uh, the envoy to Vladimir Putin. Yeah, but Kavanaugh kind of does benefit from this tenacity of Mitch McConnell to go ahead and get this vote less than twenty four hours after testimony is is to be heard. Twenty four hours after that, he's wanting to go ahead and push the vote and has promised time and time again that he will deliver Kavanaugh to the Supreme Court. Do we actually have a chance of not seeing Kavanaugh to the Supreme Court? I don't think Kavanaugh is going to make it. I think there's just too much, you know, too much going on. But to quote Sonic Youth from their album Dirty, I believe Anita Hill. Remember that? Remember Clarence Thomas? Yeah. So we could very well have another sexual predator on the Supreme Court, in which case I think we need to hide Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think at that point it's it's a safe bet that she needs to go into hiding. Yeah, I mean, otherwise she's going to find pubic hair in her Coke cans and uh, Kavanaugh is going to start, I'm not having sex with you. I'm just touching you. I'm just touching you. <laughs> oh, God. I'm not just as an assault because I'm not, I'm not penetrating you. Oh, oh, Ron, where can everybody find you next? Uh, just go hit me up on Twitter and Instagram, at Real Ron Let's just do it that way. 
Okay, okay. And for everybody else, if you'd like to subscribe to the show, hey, feel free to do that. Just go to shaggyjenkins.com, and we've got the links up there that you can uh, click through. Find us on Patreon, uh, subscribe to us on Stitcher, or others. And also, hey, make sure that you follow me on social media at Shaggy Live, because that's the only way you're going to get some of the bonus material from the show. Until next time, when we do this all again with the Weekend Review and Chris Space, love you, mean it, Kate and bye.